Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Wonderful Sunday in July. And I believe you're having a good time, no matter what's going on around you. Today we have Brother John Wesley helping us with translation. Thank you, Brother. We'd like, amen. I hope you had a good time already worshiping Him. Our team is doing a great job. And uh, it's just wonderful that we can continue like this. I believe we'll be like this until some restrictions are taken away. And we'll just be on the air for the meantime like this. But thank you for praying and believing with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. I'd just like us to look at some thoughts which I feel are necessary at this point in time. I'll start off in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. And it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Let's hear that in Kannada, please. Nambikeya Shreshta Horata Vannu Madu Nitya Jeeva Vannu Hiriduko Adakkhagiyya Nino Kariyal Pattiti Nino Aneka Sakshigala Munde Olle Arikeyanno Madu Liriya Amen. So we've been given a job to do, to occupy till he comes, and that involves also standing and fighting to maintain the ground that we've been given. You know, the Abrahamic covenant involves giving you the earth in Christ Jesus. The whole earth has been given to us, and uh, we have to now <coughs> take it and possess it and occupy until he comes. So there is a fight involved. It's called the good fight of faith. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Generally, fights are not so good, but this is a good fight because it's a fight where we use God's Word, our imagination, our thoughts, things that the natural world, the carnal world, does not understand. If you remember in Second Corinthians, the 10th chapter, it says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. You remember that uh, it's all about thoughts coming to you from the media, from the world, bombardment going on constantly. You can see that they, they can turn up the volume. They know how to increase uh, the frequency of these barrages of information again and again, you know, but our weapons are mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds that the information and the world out there is trying to build actually around us and eventually take over our mind. And as the mind goes, so goes the body. So goes the rest of our lives, basically. And so that warfare uh, has to be geared up and you have to be able to fight and you should know uh, what you're dealing with, what you're up against, and be ready to uh, maintain the victory. Praise God. In Christ, we have been assigned victory, which is an overwhelming victory, triumphant over all the powers of darkness, every work of the enemy that's there over the 2,000 years that have passed, more than 
that right now I believe we're crossing into an age where that battle line has to be drawn and it has to be clearly understood and we'll have to stand there and make sure that the enemy has no ground. Hallelujah. So fight. Fight the good fight of faith. You'll have to know how to do that particularly. So I believe that we uh, should just constantly remind ourselves repetition is very vital. It produces emphasis. It produces uh, a present reality of what God is trying to say to us. Amen. So I believe that he wants us to be aware that we should maintain our ground, fight the good fight of faith, and lay hold on the benefits of eternal life. They have to be uh, grasped and attained while you are alive on the earth. Eternal life starts now and then goes on into eternity. So we have to maintain that. Praise God. You know, in <clears throat> the book of Ephesians, the sixth chapter, he talks about uh, the armor of God. Notice that God shares his armor with us. So we could probably look at that also. He says, uh, in 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places. Thank God he has explained the enemy to us, and then he didn't just leave us like that. He said, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So this is what you could call an evil day. Let's hear verse 12 and also 13 in Canada. Amen. So he says, we have to now take the whole armor of God and withstand or engage them and stand against them. We're not going to lie down and give up. We're going to stand. The only thing is our weapons are different. We're not bringing out tanks and uh, surface-to-air missiles and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But in the spirit realm, our weapons are mighty through God to pull down any of these lying things that the enemy has against us. Amen. You know, in John, the eighth chapter, uh, over there in verse 41 and then 44 eventually, Jesus talked about how the Pharisees that time, he said that you are of your father the devil and you will do his deeds. He was a murderer from the beginning and so on. You know, so we have, we have an enemy and his deal is to steal, kill and destroy, John 10, 10 says. And so he's the one that is working things out there, of course, taking advantage of the end of everything. And so bringing all this that you see on the earth, stealing, killing, and destroying. But thank God we have weapons, the weapons of our warfare. Amen. And so it's nice to know that he cannot probably directly come against you, maybe 
but he can use people, he can use his own children. He, Jesus said, you're of your father the devil. So he has his own children also out there, and uh, they can be used by him. And so we have to handle all of this stuff, but uh, like I believe, the wisdom of God is about living one day at a time. Praise God. Let's hear, therefore, maybe John chapter 10 and verse 10 again. It doesn't matter if we are emphasizing it. And the 10th verse of John chapter 10 in Canada also. Praise God. Amen. So, praise God. I have come, he said, that you might have life and have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows. That's what Jesus has come to give us and that life is already on the inside of us and we're already enjoying part of it and we should maintain constantly the full flow of that life, engage and receive all that we have to and occupy until the last day when we see Him face to face. So we're not going to quit and just give up and roll over and play dead. No, no, no. We are called to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on these benefits. Amen. So today, I believe that if there was ever a time that you had to emphasize such things, this is the time for it. Glory to God. So we want to, you know, continue like this. If you remember, we spent a lot of time reading out of uh, Proverbs, the third chapter, some time ago, and um, how there's a precious uh, woman there called Wisdom. You know, she's called a woman by the book of Proverbs, and I believe that she's the kind of woman you should marry and retain and keep, praise God. And the benefits are there in the 16th verse of Proverbs 3. It says, length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Amen? So there you have benefits of pursuing this wisdom. Notice also that she's more precious, more precious than rubies. All things that you can desire cannot be compared with her. So she's the type of person that you uh, lay hold of, retain, keep her. She's a tree of life, verse 18 says, to them that lay hold upon her, happy is everyone that retains her. So we are not really looking for the benefits that are in the hands of that person. When you get married, maybe you notice the girl's hands and maybe they are very pretty hands, but that may not be the main reason why you marry, right? I, I presume that that's not the main reason. It's because of the person there. And sometimes maybe you, you prefer to marry someone who's very pretty and so on and so forth. Nothing wrong with all that, but you have to think about it. Is it just to have someone nice hanging on your hand? Or do you really love that person? Is it for your own selfish decoration? Or is it because you love that person? You know, all of these kinds of thoughts. <laughs> Very interesting. I believe you should think clearly about these things. Hallelujah. But this lady of wisdom here, she's supposed to be retained 
And in her hands, the right hand, which is supposed to be the hand that you use predominantly, nothing wrong with left-handed people, but, you know, if it's your left hand that you use predominantly, praise God. But, you know, it just means that at the right hand, the predominant hand or the hand that is more important, you have the life, you know, the length of days. Then in the left hand comes the riches and honor. So you're not really looking for the hands. You know, some people start out nicely with the person of wisdom and then they end up with, stuck with the hands. <laughs> so you have to figure out whether you have generally been focusing back only on the hands. You have to look at the way wisdom is. Wisdom is not going after the hands. It's not, it's not a scriptural principle to go after those things, but to seek the kingdom first, his way of doing things, which is his wisdom, and all these other things are added on to you. You see that? So some people may start out nicely with these noble thoughts, very high thoughts, and then eventually get stuck, you know, at just maybe trying to gain some benefits out of it all. God is not against benefits. He says you should remember his benefits, in fact. But it's from Him that the benefits come. Amen. So here you notice the wisdom of God is a man, is a person also. It's a life. His name is Jesus. God made Him unto us wisdom, the Bible says. He has become unto us wisdom. So you're dealing with a person here, and uh, you're dealing with the Word of God. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So you're actually dealing with a person here. And, you know, the way you treat the word, the way you handle it, the way you respond to it is the way you respond to him. Jesus has become the word. The word became flesh. And so we need to realize that um, the way we handle and reverence the word of God is going to make a lot of difference in our life. So we are not necessarily going after length of days, although it is our benefit, it is in the covenant, it's in the mercy of God towards us. We're not going after riches and honor, although that comes along with it. You see, we're going after wisdom. We're going after God's way of thinking, God's way of doing things, fellowshipping with His mind, understanding Him, getting to know Him better, that is what we are actually pursuing. <laughs> it's so vital to remember that. It's always that way. It, it has not changed. Praise God. So um, we are retaining this thought, this way of believing, this way of acting, this way of doing things. Amen. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. Happy is every one that retaineth her. So there you go, praise God. It doesn't have to be any other way. So even in our fighting, we're not just, uh, I got to fight, I got to fight. We are enjoying God, enjoying fellowship with Him, enjoying the Word of God, and as a benefit of that, we happen to be fighting. <laughs> and so it, it's a good fight because it's a fight based on our understanding of God Himself, His person, and His Word. Are you seeing that? So we're not going out there just screaming day and night, 
I had spiritual wickedness in heavenly places and and screaming about what's on the media and fighting about every single thing that's going on in the government. That's not what we're talking about. Hallelujah. We stay in fellowship with God. We stay in fellowship with the Word of God. We maintain our walk in prayer and, and the love of God. And meantime, as a result of that, through that understanding, through that revelation, you speak in a certain way, you act in a certain way. And so uh, it just comes out of us like that. Praise God. So it's not about wearing uniforms or fatigues and going to church and screaming or just going up and down your house and hollering and going round and round. And, you know, all of those things which seem like you are very fervent and maybe militant and all that. That's not what we're talking about. It's from a result of your time with God that you are so focused enjoying Him that these things just flow out of you when any other thought comes, when any other information comes, you respond according to the Word of God and you win. Hallelujah. You're guaranteed. That's your portion. You're already in the victory and you're just maintaining it. Praise God. So you're not unnerved and biting your nails and pulling out your hair and just, you know, very nervous and worked up about everything. And No, that's not what we're talking about. Hallelujah. So let's try and stay in the good fight of faith. That means you are in faith, you have peace, you have the victory, you already have everything that the Word says you have, and you are believing and you're enjoying God on a daily basis, and these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. We're not going to step out of that place and now just focus on how am I going to get this? How am I going to get this? Praise God. I hope you understand that. So that is the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God is engaged with God, with His Word. And then these other things are added. They embrace us. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for wives who maybe come from very well-off families and they were able to give you, you know, inheritance money or matrimony money or whatever. Praise God. Something like that. So this person, who I believe is the wisdom of God, who is also Jesus, has brought everything he had to us. Amen? Notice there, he's the surety. He's the surety of our covenant. Praise God. Hebrews 7 says that, I believe it's in verse 22 or so. He's the surety. He is the one who has signed and said, whatever I have is yours. Amen? So whatever he has has been given to us already. He's the surety. Amen. Your guarantee is Jesus, nothing else. Your guarantee is God's Word. That Word has become flesh. Amen. So as we hang around Him, as we ponder and keep our minds on these things, other imaginations, other thoughts will be brought down. Hallelujah. And trampled under and be put in place where they belong, under the feet. Praise God. So we, we just need to know that. So back uh, in Proverbs 3, in the 19th verse, it says, The Lord by wisdom. Notice here is, is the same wisdom that he used. The Lord by wisdom has founded the earth. By understanding has he established the heavens. So the same wisdom that he used has been given to us, not some other type. He gave us his love, his life, 
his own nature, his own mind, his own power, his, his life and nature. And then he has given us his own weapons. He says, put on the whole armor of God. So we are not given something secondary or of lesser power or lesser ability. We're given the very same what belonged to God himself, which is his. Are you seeing that? So that wisdom has been given to us. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up, the clouds drop down, the dew, and so on. Praise God. Verse 20, 20 continues, uh, My son, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall there be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Notice it just produces these results. 23, Then thou shalt walk in thy way safely. Thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Praise God. Yea, thou shalt lie down and sleep. Notice that thy sleep shall be sweet. Ha, ha, ha. Be not afraid of sudden fear neither of the desolation of the wicked when it cometh. For the Lord shall be thy confidence and shall keep thy foot from being taken. Hallelujah. So, um, you know, all of the stuff that's going on out there is real at one level, but you should realize that you are not fighting with flesh and blood. They are from a spirit realm. Just like the Word of God and the wisdom of God is from the spirit realm. It's not from the natural realm. These things that are more important are from the spirit realm. Although the enemy that we're dealing with has already been defeated and has been put under our feet. And so we have to understand that and that we are working from that place. We're acting from a place of victory already. But your mind has to agree with that. Even though the wisdom of God, you know, is available and is in our spirits, it has to be brought to the mind for us to use it. So we, we have to constantly uh, have our mind ready with these kind of thoughts. And that is what it's all about. So it takes work, it takes study, it takes meditation, it takes going over the same things again and again. Hallelujah. Let's hear this also in Canada, uh, maybe from 19 all the way to 26. Thank you, brother. Kartano Gyana Dinda, Bhumi and no Stapisidano, Viveka the Molaka, Atano Akashagano, Stiropadisidano, Atana Tiluke in the Aga the Golo, Oda de Megagolo, Ibani and no Surisutaway, Nana Magane, Nina Kanduinda, Ogola no Tapisikola de Irali. ಸುಜ್ಞಾನವನ್ನು Nino Bayapado the Beda, Pertane Ninage, Baravase Agitane, Nina Pado, Pegel Padogante, Atano Kapaduano. Amen. So he's going to keep you so that you can lie down peacefully and not be afraid. Hallelujah. 
that has to be maintained. So wisdom is the ability to take what the Word said and put it into practice. The knowledge of the Word is there as you study and meditate. But wisdom is about choosing what you're going to do, what action is going to be made based on that knowledge that you have. So we have to be careful that we are meditating, pondering on these things, enjoying God at one level. And so we are not shaken. We can lie down and sleep peacefully. We're not bothered. Hallelujah. In 2 Timothy 1, very familiar scripture, verse 7, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So you can see here that it's the spirit realm that we are dealing with. And the, the spirit of fear is out there. And that spirit is going to use people, use information, use whatever is available there to come against you because you are the people who know the truth. You are the ones who know that the victory has already been given to us <laughs> and the enemy has already been defeated and that the earth is running out of time because this age has to be over. Uh, it's preparing for the next age. So um, you have this already known, this revelation is yours, and so you have to fight, in quotes, to make sure that you can also tell others and share it with the rest of the world. Hallelujah. You know, we have a ministry, even if you are not a full-time minister, uh, in the sense of the word being a fivefold ministry gift, we all have a ministry, and that is the truth. And we are ambassadors also. Hallelujah. So let's go off to Second Corinthians and observe there, very candidly, just deal with this issue so that nobody can um, argue against you. In Second Corinthians chapter 5, it says there in 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Notice that all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So you are a new creature. Everything that happened before, that guy, that person does not exist, actually. That previous person is dead, passed away. He does not exist. He may be there in your mind and your imagination and even in other people's thinking, but he's not alive, actually. He's finished. He's gone. There's a new, born-again spirit being on the inside of you right now. And guess what? Verse 18 says, All things are of God in that new creation, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That's for every new creature. Notice that 17 is connected to 18 in the new creation thinking. So if you're a new creature, this verse applies to you. Let's hear verse 17 and 18 uh, together, please, in Canada. Thank you, brother. So, you know, we are reconciled unto God, we're reconciled unto the Lord Jesus, and so we that have been reconciled are now given a work to do to reconcile others. See, they didn't come to this earth by accident. 
They didn't come here by chance. God knew them before time began and He knows their choices. But we have to give everybody a, an opportunity, a chance to choose this precious Jesus, this Savior. And so we are the ones who are going to have to serve them this message. We are the ministers who bring this reconciliation message. Notice 19 makes it more clear. It says, To wit that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. And then makes it clearly not imputing their trespasses unto them. Notice that. Not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. So you notice here, actually, their sins have been taken away. God is not imputing any sin to them. Praise God. What a, what a, what a message. That's why we're trying to let people know. See, we're the only ones who know this, that actually their sins have been taken away and put on Jesus. The sin of the whole world has been actually taken away, and God is not holding it against them. But they still have to choose whether they want that or not. And that comes only by accepting Jesus because he's the one that took the sin away. That is why it becomes good news. And that is why, you know, you and I have to tell them because they have no clue. Nobody told us that, listen, man, your sins are already taken away. <laughs> Praise God. What a thought. Your sins are already taken away, world, the whole world. Praise God. Reconciling, actually they are all reconciled to God. They've been actually reconciled. The price for their reconciliation has been paid. The only thing is, He doesn't force anybody. They have to accept it. See, so I don't want to be among those people who eventually did not tell them. You mean you knew this and you didn't tell me? That's why, you know, Jesus talked about their blood will be upon them if they don't accept. And Paul would say, I'm pure from the blood of all men. I have told you. See, so that revelation that we have received as new creatures is uh, therefore so precious that we have this work now of telling others. Much has been given to us. Much is expected also. So we have to try and see how in the wisdom of God, in the power of God, you know, as a result of our fellowship with this God, how we can bring it out. Hallelujah. So notice, every single one of us that's been reconciled is a new creature, has been given the word of reconciliation to go out there and let them know. And somehow, through your closeness to them, your fellowship with them, your friendship with them, or just plain warning, you may have to just go out there and do this because you are privy to such wonderful grace. Hallelujah. Let's hear this also in Canada, verse 19. I believe we heard verse 19 already. Verse 20. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. Hmm. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be reconciled to God. So here we're called ambassadors. Can you imagine that? God will not lie about you. You're an ambassador. You are royalty. You've been chosen by God to represent His kingdom. 
And that is why we say, My God shall supply all my need according to His riches. Because the ambassadors are funded by their nation, not by themselves. So we are not uh, going to turn this thing around and start r looking for a way. Can you imagine an ambassador going to the market and looking for business and working hard out there, slogging with everybody else, trying to eke out a living? That would be wrong, right? Now, God is not against going to the market and working and doing business. Nothing like that. Because he gave you strength, because work is a normal ethic in the kingdom, we do it. Praise God. But our supply is not from this earth. We can say, I used my hands. I'm not lazy. I've done what I'm supposed to do. Heaven is going to supply every need. Heaven is going to work things out for me. We are ambassadors. Hallelujah. Ambassadors. And also, during war times, the ambassadors are the first people that are taken away. First, when you hear that the ambassadors are being moved from the embassies, then you know that war is in situation right there. <laughs> so guess who's going to be lifted out of this place? Ambassadors. Amen. So we are out here beseeching the world, beseeching people in Christ's stead or in His room, representing Him. We are the ones that issue the visas to heaven. Wow, what a privilege. What an honor. That's why we must try all our best to bring them into that eternal understanding. It may cost money, it may cost prayer times, going out of your way to go and talk to someone because they need to have that visa. Can you imagine after we leave how this place is going to be? They're going to see, just like that movie left behind, Christian houses are empty, cars are just left there, maybe while they were driving they crashed, People are going to be maybe flying at that time and notice that your passengers next to you have just disappeared. And if the pilot were a Christian, finished, that's it. Can you imagine what it's going to be like? <laughs> it's going to be really strange. I'm telling you, it's going to be all over the news because you cannot escape it. It's going to be massive. Graves are going to be opened and without people inside, it's going to be something, my brother. It's going to be the biggest thing the earth has ever seen. And you are the ones that are destined for that. Wow. We are coming to the greatest event in the history of humanity that the universe has ever, ever seen. And we have that with us. And God is counting on us and has given us a valid call to go and tell them about this, that they have been reconciled unto God. Hallelujah. It's so powerful, you know. Glory, glory, glory. My brother, my sister, this thing is so powerful. This thing is so amazing. But, you know, because we are in quotes on enemy territory, which is actually the earth which was given to Abraham and is actually yours, this earth is yours. This present age also has been given to you. It's the church age. Even though it's an evil age out there, it's the age of grace. And we are here right now to occupy, to receive people, to get them visas, to go to our Father's kingdom, to our home that is not in this world realm. Glory to God. So please consider prayerfully 
these thoughts. And know that if you are here on the earth at this time, it's because God trusted you and knew that you were the right person. You may not be able to go out there and hold big, massive uh, meetings, but as you go, wherever you go, to your workplace or you're making that journey down to the shop or whatever with your mask and everything, hallelujah, tell them about Jesus or make friends about Jesus around the theme of bringing them back into our Father's family. Praise God. So these are the thoughts that are causing us to fight and fight the good fight of faith. There's going to be a fight involved to rescue these prisoners. You know, Jesus has paid completely. The ransom has been given. The prisoners have to be set free. The Bible says that his life was given a ransom for all to be testified in due time. The ransom has been paid. The prisoners have to be set free. And they need to know that. And so there's going to be a fight involved. There's going to be... Uh, forces trying to keep your mouth shut, to make you feel low, to make you not even want to go outside, to make you be grabbing for your purse and trying to make ends meet and uh, watching your body, your temperature and your oxygen levels with the oximeter. And all of these things are going to be trying to uh, keep you from opening your mouth and keep you from going out there and presenting this good news. So my brother, my sister, don't forget, keep your eyes on the prize. We're going home. The ambassadors have to leave first. And we are here to give visas to people. We are on a mission. Our, everything about us is to establish the fact that Jesus paid the price for all of us. Not just us, but the whole world. Praise God. And so we need to enjoy that life. We need to enjoy that peace. We need to enjoy that safety. Because they will be able to see that our case is different. We are living a different life. We are enjoying another level of operation altogether. Hallelujah. So, you know, the enemy has his own children. And they may get bugged and they may get incensed against you. They may not like anything about you or your Jesus and all of that stuff. But, you know, it's a hard lesson for them to learn that they are wasting their time. It's a very serious lesson. All over the scripture, some you know, have tried again and again to work against, you know, people of God. For instance, in Esther 1.7, let's read that. Esther chapter 1 verse 7, amazing scripture there. If you have seen the story of Esther, that wonderful lady of faith who fasted and sought God, there was a man there, the Bible says, by the name of Haman, who hated the people of Esther. And Mordecai, her uncle, and wanted to kill the man and prepared some gallows to have him hung. But see how the story turns around. He says, and they gave him drink in vessels of gold. I'm sorry. Mm, I guess I missed that one. All right, another time. But if you read there, the very uh, gallows that were made, I think it must be 710. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, seven. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, seven, ten. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath 
pacified. So this same gallows that were prepared to hang uh, Mordecai, Haman was hung on them. So it, it kind of goes back and, you know, returns back to the people who are plotting against you. As a believer, they're going to hang on that. Whatever they are preparing, whatever they are planning, whatever they are plotting against us, it actually goes back to them. <laughs> We're going to look at a few scriptures like that so you can rest peacefully, you can sleep very peaceful. Let's hear Esther 7.10 um, from Brother John also in Canada. Amen. Praise God. So that's how it works. Let's look at some more. Let's go to Proverbs 26 and observe there verse 2. As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. So people are going to try cursing, doing things contrary, but it's not going to come like the swallow. It'll just look for a place and then it'll go back to its own home. Swallows are famous for going back. They are migratory. So they just cannot find a place to permanently dwell. They go back to their own home. In other words, the guys who are plotting such curses, it goes back, back all the way to them, back to the sender. You could say back to sender. And you don't have to worry about that. It's just part of how you know, God has planned all of this. Those who are planning to hang you, those who are planning to destroy your life, <laughs> they get it. Hallelujah. Let's also continue down in verse 27 of the same uh, 26 proverb. He says, Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. So they are digging a pit for themselves. It's going to actually come back on them. That stone that they're rolling is going to fall on their own heads. Can you see that? So you've got to be kind of foolish to try anything else. This is how it is arranged. You don't have to be screaming and shouting about all of these things. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You just have to know and act as though you know and open your mouth and say, I refuse to fear whatever is plotted against me today it, by anybody out there. It's going to go and fall back on them. It's going to be their own pit that they are digging. Whatever curse is not going to settle on my house. It cannot rest on my life. Amen. Can you imagine how many Christians go around thinking about this guy cursed me, that one cursed me. All of these things are just nothing. Hallelujah. Can you see that? Even if you remember, there's the story in uh, the book of Numbers, I believe, where there's Balaam and all of those cursing things there. He says, there's no cursing that can work against Israel. Hallelujah. There is no such thing that can function against God's people. It has been a proven thing. It cannot happen. I'm telling you, you can rest there. You don't have to worry about that. That is why if you start thinking on these kind of thoughts, these kind of verses, you can actually rest. You can sleep. Your, your sleep can be sweet. And you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be worried. 
although the media is trying to hype it all up and uh, you know witches and warlocks and all of these people are gathering to to call down their things on nations and all of that stuff on lo- on leaders on rulers you don't have to worry about all that whatever has been written is going to happen to them there is nothing that they can do about it maybe we can hear proverbs 26 2 and 27 also in canada so as you remember Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein. He that rolleth rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. Hallelujah. It's powerful stuff. And, you know, it's... Glory to God. Proverbs 26. Proverbs 26, verse 2. Praise God. And then, yeah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And look at verse 27 also, brother. Verse 27. Yeah. Amen. So you can see there that those who are digging pits against believers are wasting their time. They're actually digging their own graves there. (laughs) The word pit also means grave. And if they are planning to roll a stone or a rock against you, that rock is going to fall on them. They're just being silly. They don't understand the thing. And if you remember in Numbers 23, it says there in verse 23, it says, Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. Glory to God. It cannot work. You cannot curse them. There is no enchantment that can work against them. It is written there. You can see it for yourself. Numbers 23 and verse 23 also, brother, in Canada. Thank you. Amen. So you have already seen at least three scriptures there. This will handle once and for all. Jesus was talking to Peter there in Matthew 16. They were walking down the road. He said, who do you say I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You remember that? And along the conversation, he said in verse 18, And I say unto you that you are Peter. Let's look at the B part of it. He says, Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Are you seeing that? So Jesus said there that he is the one building his church. Imagine that. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, we are his people. And you cannot mess with his people. Nothing that you do against his people will prevail. It's that simple. It's as clear as that. Nothing. Nothing can prevail against the church. 
absolutely nothing. Let's hear that also in Kannada, please. Matthew uh, 16, 18. The B part, if possible. Yeah. Amen. So there you go. Therefore, up till now you can see there is a clarity about how God is talking this very issue again and again. Those who are plotting against the church are wasting their time. They cannot. They cannot prevail. They cannot stop it. They cannot stop what Jesus is building. There's nothing they can do about it. One of these days we will leave. That's all. But you can't stop till the very last day what Jesus is doing. Hallelujah. And so don't be worried. Don't be anxious. Don't be moved about whatever you see out there. You have been kept like that. You are kept by the power of God through faith. Peter says that in 1 Peter 1 verse 5. Let's see that also. You're kept by the power of God through faith. So it takes faith to just rest there and say, I'm kept. Notice there 1 Peter 1 5. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Are you seeing that? Faith has to accept what God said and enter into that rest which is now coming shortly to be revealed in the last time. You're going to be kept by the power of God through faith, not through your feelings, not through your emotions, not through what anybody says, only what God said is going to keep you. As the apple of God's eye, God's own people will be kept. You don't have to worry about it. It's time to fellowship with these kind of thoughts these kind of imaginations must rise up and dominate everything else. Can we hear also, brother, First Peter one five in Canada? Thank you. Amen. So I I just want us to constantly be aware of that place of safety, that place of being uh, kept. As Jesus had asked the Father in John 17, Shall I pray that they be taken out of here? No, I'm going to pray that they be kept. You know, you can read that and, and fellowship around that. He could have prayed, The minute we get saved, we should be out of here. But instead he said, Let them be kept. And that is what he means. They will be kept so powerfully that nothing can stop that mighty moving force, the blood-bought, the redeemed, the church of the living God. Hallelujah. God has kept that for you. I want you to notice more verses like that. Let's go to Luke 21. Luke chapter 21. And observe there. It says there in verse 18, There shall not an hair of your head perish. There shall not an hair of your head perish perish. Notice that. Verse 17 says, you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. So you can see the context. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. You see, that's for us to believe. Now, you say some people have been martyred and so on. That's a choice. You can be martyred. If you like to, you can. And hey, for me to die is gain. 
praise God, to live is Christ. But God knows who can endure that, who can take that. And, uh, you know, if you are in that number, wonderful, receive it. Hallelujah. But you can also be kept by faith through the power of God's own keeping, by simple faith. You remember, I believe Peter had that kind of faith where he just slept. Of course, the church prayed. And he slept like a baby. He was so deep in sleep that he did not realize whether it was real or not. He thought he was in a dream. So these kind of things are our portion. The church is praying. We have not stopped. We are giving ourselves to prayer. The Bible says in the last days, we should give ourselves to prayer. As we meditate in these thoughts, prayerfully fellowshipping with God, we must get to a place of, of relaxed faith. You see, it's, it's a good place. It's a good place. The good fight of faith. I want to highlight that it is good. I want you to realize it's a place that you are actually guaranteed to be kept. It's a good place. Don't worry, the changes are outside. But what God has prepared for us is always good. Hallelujah. No matter what it looks like, He said, my thoughts towards you are good, not evil. To give you a future and a hope. To bring you to the expected end. And the expected end is victory. You are always guaranteed to win. Hallelujah. That is your portion. Jesus defeated your enemies. Jesus said, I can actually pray that you be taken away. But I have prayed that you be kept. Kept until I come and take you away. Hallelujah. So you don't have to worry about people who are standing against you, my brother and sister. Let's look at another verse like that. In the book of Acts, we had studied this. I'm sorry, let's hear that in Canada also. Um, Luke 21, 18 first. Thank you, brother. Amen. There you go. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Glory to God. You remember our study of that journey Paul took in Acts 27 and how they were so involved in trying to survive even though he had warned them there's going to be much damage. I perceived that there will be much damage but they didn't listen to him and they went on the journey and all of that stuff. Fourteen days they had been ignoring food because they were so busy focused on keeping alive. <laughs> And uh, they had even fasted, not eating, because they were so bothered. Verse 34, Paul says here, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. Are you seeing that? I mean, he could actually tell them that. Not even a hair. Even though they didn't obey him, even though the journey was like that, Paul had told them from the beginning, because Paul was believing, because Paul was expecting God to do what he said, he could tell them boldly, not a hair of your head will perish. See, so we are the kept ones. We are the, the salt. We are the light. And because of us, we can also influence others who listen and who are around us. Are you getting this? So I believe that you can actually believe God that your whole colony won't have any such evil or plague that not a hair on their head will actually be destroyed. Praise God. Even if they are not in the will of God, but just because you are stretching your faith and believing God 
that your, your perimeters, your coasts are being enlarged. Hallelujah. Praise God. So my brother and sister, it is a fight. It's a fight, but it's a good fight. It's a fight of faith. It's a fight of, of, of accepting God's realities, fellowshipping with these thoughts rather than what you see on the news. Hallelujah. Let's hear this also in Canada, please. Uh, Acts 27, verse 34. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, you know, if you remember that journey there, it was a precarious journey. It was tough. Just reading it was so uh, lengthy and laborious, but we laborious rather, and we went through it all and we saw it because I, I felt that we should. It doesn't matter what it looks like. They, no hope. They didn't see the sun. They didn't see the stars for many days. All hope that they should be saved was gone. But guess what? They came out on the other side, not a hair, not a hair of anyone perished. Praise God. And God has not changed. His word has not changed. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, my brother, my sister, receive. Receive these truths. Receive these realities. Accept them. Go over them. Let's ponder on these issues again and again. And it doesn't matter if you don't put on your WhatsApp for a few days. There's nothing new coming on it. I'm telling you. You can just switch it off. Nobody will know a thing. They're very busy. Have you noticed... When you get silent on the WhatsApp group, others just keep going. You, can, you have guys who just have a smiley for everything. They don't say anything. You can be the smiley type. Just smile once in two days. Just smile. You don't have to say anything except when they start speaking unbelief, doubt, and fear. Amen? I want to remind you that you are not here to fight against sin. Amen? You are here to save sinners. Hallelujah. Except when people put right in your face where they start putting things on you, saying things directly into your imagination, then you stand up and say, listen, I cannot take that. It's not true. I'm not accepting that. Hallelujah. But everybody has a choice. You cannot violate their choices. We're here to help sinners receive their reconciliation. But if they want all of that junk, it's up to them. We'll pray for them. We may have to give people some space and pray for them. And God will give us an opportunity and a chance. Praise God. Now, there are believers who are still wondering if their names are written in heaven. I know that. They think that, you know, how can you be sure that your name is written in heaven? You know, when you uh, come to the assembly of the saints that is written there in Mount Zion, over there in Hebrews 12, names written in heaven. They cannot imagine that he's talking about their names that are written there. They think that it's somebody else's name who has already gone there before. Amen. And so, you know, you, 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 you could be shocked what goes on in people's heads. In each verse, they can actually choose the failure of that verse. Because the mind has been programmed that way. Our mind cleaves to the dust. There is a negative uh, fortitude inside already from our upbringing, 
and our thinking. And now good news has to be pumped in, knocked in, banged in. It's work, it's discipline to force good news into our thinking. So you have to first see it, and then you have to constantly renew your thinking with it over and over and over until the fear disappears, that whether your name is written there or not. So I'm going to read a verse, and I, I invite you to just ponder with me. Okay, I'm not going to force anybody, but just read with me Philippians, the fourth chapter, and observe there, Paul is talking in verse 3. He says, And I entreat you thee, or I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers whose names are in the book of life. Now, let's read that in Canada first and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit. Um, Philippians chapter 4 verse 3. All right. Nila jothegaane, neenu aastriige sahayakke nagirabekendo innannu kelikolluttene. Avaru Clement muntada nanna jothege bandiruva sahitavagi nanna kuda suvarthegala goskara prayasa pattavaru avar hesrugala jeeva granthava barideve. All right, so Paul could actually, from the earth, tell us that these laborers of his, friends of his, co-laborers with him, he could actually say that their names are written in heaven. Did he go to heaven and see it there? He just knows that if you are saved, your name is written in heaven. How can Paul tell us that their names are written in heaven, unless for sure they are written in heaven? So those who are working with me, I like to say that their names are written in heaven. Those who are in church with me, I like to say their names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. I'm not going to say your name's written in hell. I say that you have eternal life and your name is written in heaven. Praise God. Look at, uh, you know, our Lord Jesus himself. It's, it's very interesting how he talks about these things in Luke chapter 10. Verse 19, he says, Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. Then he says in 20, Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. Praise God. Now, is this authority given only to his disciples? Of that time, the apostles that walked with him, or is that authority given to all of us? I believe it's given to all of us. And all of us who have his name, who are saved, we have our names written in heaven. And we are supposed to rejoice primarily because our names are written in heaven. Hallelujah. If your name is not written in heaven, you have no cause to rejoice, my brother, my sister. You will be lamenting constantly. Maybe that's why some people just don't have any joy. Because they are not sure about the joy of their salvation. Because they are not sure if they're saved. Are you getting this? Can we hear these two verses also in Canada, please? Luke 17, I mean 10, 19, and 20, brother. 
ಇವು ಸರ್ಪಗಳನ್ನು ಚೇಡುಗಳನ್ನು ತುಳಿಯುವುದಕ್ಕೆ ಮತ್ತು ವಿರೋಧಿಯ ಎಲ್ಲಾ ಶಕ್ತಿಯ ಮೇಲೆ ನಾನು ನಿಮಗೆ ಅಧಿಕಾರ ಕೊಡುತ್ತೇನೆ ಯಾವುದು ಯಾವ ರೀತಿಯಲ್ಲಿಯೂ ನಿಮಗೆ ಕೇಡು ಮಾಡಲಾರದು ಆದಾಗ್ಯೂ ದುರಾತ್ಮಗಳು ನಿಮಗೆ ಅಧೀನವಾಗುವಂತೆ ಸಂತೋಷ ಪಡಬೇಡಿರಿ ಆದರೆ ನಿಮ್ಮ ಹೆಸರುಗಳು ಪರಲೋಕದಲ್ಲಿ ಬರೆಯಲ್ಪಟ್ಟಿರುವ ಒಂದರಿಂದಲೇ ಸಂತೋಷಿಸಿರಿ ಅಂದನು So if you are saved if you believe that the blood of Jesus has washed you and you are a new creature the truth about it is thank you lord my name is written in heaven and i would like to let you know that your name was written in heaven before the foundation of the earth was laid because second timothy 1:9 said he gave you grace he saved you he made you holy he called you and put you apart before the foundation of the world you see god knew you long time ago you are an eternal being whether sinner or saint you are eternal the only difference is that some of us have already accepted this great salvation and accepted our savior hallelujah and so please my brother and sister think about it your name is written in heaven you can rejoice freely you can rest you can sleep your sleep shall be sweet you will not be afraid of sudden terror you don't have to worry god knows how to take care of his own people god knows how to keep his own people angels have been assigned to give charge over you and we believe that no evil shall befall us no plague shall come near our dwelling place but we have to open our mouths we have to speak as a result of our conviction and that comes by saying and saying the scripture over and over faith comes faith comes by hearing fear also comes it comes but you have the choice to receive or to reject it hallelujah you have to uh, decide that finally that you have the choice some people are offended because a thought comes to them like our sister does you know during her push up challenge you know those birds can come and make a nest on on your head or you can drive them away praise god so the birds will come and try to make a nest in your hair <laughs> and you can say this is no curvy kudi and you can just send them off <laughs> this is not for you guys to come and make any nest hallelujah meaning that thoughts will come you know but you can say no to the thought you don't have to allow the thought to persist you can say no hallelujah that's the fight that we're talking about that's the primary fight that you and i are engaged in in the resisting of such thinking resisting such thoughts you don't have to accept them to build into your imagination the warfare is right there hallelujah so i want you to ponder about this a little more particularly now i believe that this is a time for you to prepare your mind to stand and occupy and take over all that jesus gave that eternal life benefit you and i must accept it we must enjoy it and out of the overflow of that joy we go out there and affect lives by every means available hallelujah um I don't know if we heard this already in Canada maybe we can if you have Luke 19 let's read that again verse 20 notwithstanding in this rejoice not 
that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Shall we hear verse 20 in Kannada again, brother? Amen. So you see, by faith you have to accept what the word has said is true. You have to accept my name is written in heaven. Number one. Number two, because my name is written in heaven, demons are subject to me. Sickness is subject to me. Poverty all the curse out there cannot come. It cannot come to me because my name is written in heaven and I refuse it in Jesus' name. I'm not accepting that curse. I'm not accepting that poverty. I'm not accepting that sickness. I'm not accepting the things that are affecting the rest of the world. It cannot come near me, cannot come near my house, cannot come near my neighborhood in the name of Jesus. And rejoice. Get excited. Hallelujah. Can you see that this is how we are kept by faith through the power of God? Faith is going to work and as it is working, the power of God keeps every single one of us. Amen. There is a faith rest that we have to enjoy. As you fellowship with, with the word, with the things that he has said, you are going to enjoy rest. Hallelujah. That is your portion in this day and hour. Go with me, please, to First Peter also, and observe with us a few verses there. I read here, verse chapter five, First Peter five and verse eight. He says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour." <laughs> As a roaring lion. You know, uh, the lion can roar. And animals all over the jungle know that sound. When they hear that sound, they know they're in trouble. They run, they, they just panic. And that's how he's the king of the jungle. You need to be able to come to terms with that. The, the, the god of this world is the devil. 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 calls him the God of this world. Yeah. And he works on the minds of people. He has blinded the minds that believe not. Lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine in. So it's a mind thing. Your spirit is saved. Your name is written in heaven. The joy of salvation is yours. The authority in the name of Jesus is yours. God's good news is for you. God's eternal life is in your spirit, man. Wonderful, wonderful provisions already given to us. Victory is already ours in Jesus' name. All of these awesome things are already ours. Hallelujah. But then, when you hear that roar, and it is real, there's a roar out there. You need to choose whether you're going to let your knees buckle in and give up, or whether you're going to do the next verse. Hallelujah. Because he's seeking whom he may devour. So there are going to be, you know, some people who will say, I know that Christian, he died. I know this one, he died. Don't compare yourself with them. He's looking for whom he may devour. Can I devour this guy? Can I not devour this guy? 
How are we kept? First Peter 1.5 says, kept through faith. We're kept in the power of God through faith. Hallelujah. That's how we're kept. So I cannot tell what kind of faith they had. I don't know what kind of faith anybody else has. I can help with my faith and help others who are listening to me also, believing and standing with them. Praise God. But I don't know really. Only you and the Spirit of God knows. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So there's discipline of, of hearing again and again and pounding some things into ourselves again and again. Even though we've read them, even though we've heard them before, it has to be real today so that I enjoy protection and the mercy of God today. Hallelujah. That discipline to be able to switch off the television and ponder on these things right now because I need it now has to be brought in, especially in this day and hour when there's so much information rushing against us. Amen? Nothing wrong with, you know, distractions and all of that, but make sure that you've got your faith going. Make sure that you've enjoyed some rest there. Hallelujah. He said, be sober, be vigilant. Keep your eyes open. <laughs> because your adversary, you have an enemy, the devil. What does he do? Steal, kill, destroy. And he's roaming about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Can I have this guy? Can I have that one? Can I take this house? Can I take that family? That's how he's checking. In other words, he can't have everybody. But he checks. Are you seeing that? He checks. How will he know that you cannot have this one or that one? Verse 9 gives us the answer. He says, whom resist? The guys who resist him, <laughs> he knows. It looks like this guy is not going to be there. I don't think I can have this guy. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. There's a standard faith that you have to become familiar with. You have to accept that faith. Believe it. That's why we're doing foundational doctrine classes over and over, trying to make sure everybody gets on the same page. Because when this roaring starts, <laughs> sometimes people will run helter-skelter looking for how to get out of this thing. He will roar, and he's looking for whom he can devour. And we are supposed to, whom resist? Notice the guy who is there in that situation is supposed to resist. Thank God for pastor, this and that. Thank God for oversight and all of that. But guess what? You are actually supposed to resist by yourself. That person who is being roared at, who's hearing all this news, who's getting all this information, he has to resist. Don't accept it. Resist it. Don't receive it. Don't accept it. Refuse it. Every single thing that you feel or see, you must resist. Resist steadfast. Hold your ground there and say, No, I'm not accepting that. I don't care what it looks like. Body, you obey. Mind, you come in line. I don't care what I see. I don't care what I feel. Hallelujah. Resist steadfast in the faith. In the faith. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. 
Notice here that there's no chance of any one of us saying, I'm the only one. You go and talk with them, you'll find out they're going through the same thing. All of us are going through the same thing. This news is coming to all of us. These challenges are coming to all of us. All of us have to refuse. All of us have to resist. All of us have to take these verses of Scripture and act on them. Praise God. You know, Jesus would not have left us here in this kind of a wicked world, this evil time, unless He had given us everything that was required to overcome and dominate and victoriously sing and shout, laugh. The Bible says we will laugh at famine and pestilence. Laugh. That is our response. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Even if you don't feel it, it's all right. Go for it. Just go ha, ha, ha. Are you getting this? Resist. Resist that feeling. Resist that thing that you are experiencing. Resist those thoughts that are coming to your mind. Resist that information that's coming. You have to quietly say, it will never happen to me in Jesus' name. I refuse that in Jesus' name. That's not my condition in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. My brother, my sister, these are times where we have to use all the weapons, all, all, putting on the whole armor of God. The last bit of the weaponry is the lance or spear of, of prayer. Praying with all supplication in the Spirit for all saints. We need to be in prayer. We, we, we need to sow these things. We need to pray not just for ourselves but for the saints also. We need to be praying one for another. Praise God. Job prayed for his friends and the Bible says he got blessed. He got things turned around. His captivity turned around. You will find that in Job 42, I believe, in verse 10. When he prayed for his friends, his captivity turned around. Because that's, that's God's way. God is a God of not just me, myself, and I, and us four no more. You start to look how you can be a blessing to others. You love your neighbor. You, you look forward to a chance to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Don't ever forget that you are always here to be a blessing. You're not here to be the problem. You're not here to be a hindrance. You're here to be a help. You're here to be a blessing to others. That's your nature. That is the nature on the inside of us. Praise God. So with all that we know, as we meditate, as we fellowship with God, as we ponder on these things, I believe it will just flow out of us. And we will say some things. Sometimes we may say it very quietly. Sometimes we may be aggressive. But we will do what we believe. We will act on the word of God. And we will come out victorious. That day when Jesus comes, we will enjoy his great rapture and take off. And those who don't want to come, well, we'll leave them and go. Hallelujah. But you have this awesome privilege of fighting the good fight of faith and laying hold on eternal life benefits today. Hallelujah. Let's hear um, verse 8 and 9 in Canada, please, of 1 Peter chapter 5. Thank you, Brother John. 
ಸೃಷ್ಟಿಸುತ್ತಿರ್ತಾರಾಗಿ ಎಚ್ಚರಿಯಾಗಿ ಎಚ್ಚರವಾಗಿ ನಿಮ್ಮ ವಿರೋಧಿಯಾಗಿರುವ ಸೈತಾನನ ಗರ್ಜಿಸುವ ಸಿಂಹದಂತೆ ಯಾರನ್ನು ನುಂಗಲಿ ಎಂದು ಹುಡುಕುತ್ತಾ ತಿರುಗುತ್ತಾನೆ ನೀವು ನಂಬಿಕೆಯಲ್ಲಿ ದೃಢವಾಗಿ ಅವನನ್ನು ಎದುರಿಸಿರಿ ಲೋಕದಲ್ಲಿರುವ ನಿಮ್ಮ ಸಹೋದರರಿಗೂ ಅಂತಹ ಬಾಧೆಗಳೇ ಸಂಭವಿಸುತ್ತದೆ ಎಂದು ನಿಮಗೆ ತಿಳಿದಿಯಲ್ಲ you know and ponder about it don't worry about tomorrow don't bother about what happened yesterday honestly i believe the wisdom of god and the kingdom is for right now for today today meditate on these kind of things fellowship with god enjoy him be in true fellowship and true fellowship means you are actually in fellowship with the word jesus is the word become flesh our fellowship is with the father and with his son and as you reverence the word hallelujah in the calamities in the problems you will laugh hallelujah praise god wisdom will not laugh at you you will laugh at the problems you will laugh at the calamities ha 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 glory to god praise god let's get ready to take communion and ponder on these things for a few minutes I'm going to read a verse of scripture out of the book of Acts Acts 27 same chapter that we were reading just now notice there we read verse 34 wherefore i pray you to take some meat for this is for your health you know thank god for food eat healthy as much as you can try to get healthy food health is important This is for your health for there shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you praise god then he continues and when he had thus spoken he took bread and gave thanks to god in presence of them all when he had broken it he began to eat amen he took bread and he gave thanks praise god if you remember there there's a story of the uh lepers in the book of Luke i believe it is Luke 19 or so there were lepers 10 lepers far off and the bible says um um that there were 10 and that nine of them had received some healing and gone off but then only one of them came back do you remember that verse and so jesus said where are the nine and has the only this guy come back this this samaritan fellow and then he told the samaritan your faith has made you whole so i believe that giving thanks is a privilege that you have today from believing that you can be totally made whole hallelujah not even a hair of your head shall perish i want us to give thanks just for a few minutes expecting total wholeness and soundness in that condition that you are going through right now whatever it is maybe you started to worry and fear about whether what's out there is coming to your house coming to your colony coming close to you it's time to give thanks that these benefits are true hallelujah lord we give you thanks we give you praise that not even a hair of our head shall perish because this is your will 
I refuse the doubt. I refuse the fear. I refuse the lying curses in Jesus' name. This is your church. You are building your church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. We give you thanks right now. We give you praise today. Thank you, Abba Father. You are faithful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. What you said is final authority. It has been given to us in the spirit realm. It is our portion. Victory in this situation. Victory today in Bangalore. Victory wherever we are. Wherever we are in this world listening, victory is ours today in Jesus' name. We refuse the roaring, the sounds, the symptoms, the lying voices that are out there. We refuse them vehemently, steadfast in the faith. We thank you that we are kept, kept by the power of God through our simple childlike faith. We declare that sickness cannot come near us. Poverty cannot come near us. The curse cannot come near us. You have taken every curse. There is no curse that can come near us. No words can be spoken against us that will produce any effect in our life. In Jesus' name. It returns back to the sender. In Jesus' name, we bless those poor souls who have tried to curse the body of Christ. May they understand who you are, Lord Jesus. We worship you today. We thank you. We praise you. We, we're so grateful. Your word is final authority. Precious Lord Jesus, no matter what symptoms your people are feeling today, thank you for strengthening them to refuse and reject in Jesus' name. We give you thanks. We give you praise. May they not have an overload of negative information, worldly information. May they be filled with the knowledge of your will, your word, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. May they be so full of your word and your will that they will walk in a manner worthy of you and resist the devil, resist the lies, resist the sounds of this world, resist the advertisement. Resist the constant barrage of information in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks. We give you thanks that not a hair of our head shall perish. We are kept as the apple of your eye. We bless you, Abba Father. We bless you, Abba Father. Hallelujah. Praise your holy name. Maybe we can hear um, Acts 24, verse, I'm sorry, verse, Acts 27, verse 34 again. In Canada, please. Amen. So notice there. You can see, after that, he decided that it was time to eat the bread. And Luke 17 says, I believe in verse uh, 14, he said, Go show yourself to the priest. These are the lepers. Then he said, one of them, verse 15, When he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, fell down on his face, 
At his feet, giving him thanks, he was a Samaritan. Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. When he, and he said to him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. Praise God. Maybe we can hear just verse 18. Luke 17, verse 18 in Canada also. Amen. So praise God. After that, Jesus put a stamp of wholeness on that man, and I believe that his body parts were restored to him. Amen. So giving thanks. Blessing God makes you whole, makes you sound. And the Bible says this is the cup of blessing which we bless in 1 Corinthians 10 and 16. So we're giving thanks for His shed blood and broken body. If you have a cup of some juice with you and some you know, cracker or bread or roti, let's take time to thank God for what He has paid for. Let's receive these benefits today. Take communion in your home as we receive right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we are grateful. We are forever grateful. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You paid for us 2,000 years ago. Hung on a cross, despised, put to shame, like a common criminal. But you bore our sin, our sickness, our curse. Your visage, your face was more disformed and malformed and maltreated than any other man, marred beyond recognition, because by your stripes we were healed. We are grateful, Lord Jesus. Every symptom, every lying thing has been taken away. In the blood, in the bones, in the marrow, we receive rest, we receive peace. We thank you for those that are in faith today, in the hospitals, those that are suffering some form of affliction today. You paid for it all. You exchanged for every curse that's out there the blessing of Abraham. We are grateful. The earth, the fullness thereof, gold, silver, precious stones, the wealth of the nations, you paid for it all. We thank you that we are not going seeking after these things, but we seek your face. We seek fellowship with you. We build ourselves on, your most, on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. We pray, we seek your face, we meditate on these truths in this day and hour. We receive, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Shall we eat and drink? Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Shenema balabarabaya. For your people rising up in faith 
refusing every lie, refusing every symptom, refusing anything they can see or feel, and declaring your word, receiving the benefits of eternal life in this day and hour. Thank you, Father. We receive today the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So if you're struggling in your body with any symptom, I want you to know the mercy of God is working with you. As you open your mouth right now, the mercy of God is taking away that lie. In the name of Jesus. If it's about the money, if it's about the job, the favor of God is positioning you right now by the mercy of what Jesus paid for. Because you are His chosen. You are His ambassador. The supply of heaven is your portion. You are the king. You are the priest. You are the special one that will be above all nations of the earth. He said that's our blessing. All the nations of the earth will see that you are called by His name. Because you are high and you are exalted. You are honored by Him. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe that you are receiving right now. You're, you're not refusing these truths. You're accepting these truths and you're refusing every other lie in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you'd like to give an offering or tithes, uh, any form of gift, whatever, you, you can do so now. This is your moment. You can do so uh, by being online or meeting any of us at some time and passing it on. However you want to do it, we're believing God with you. Amen. We're here on the earth to be a blessing, not to be a hindrance. We don't want to hinder anybody. We want to help this work go on, help people receive. Amen. We'll also use this as a point of contact. If you'd like to give in tithe or thanksgiving offering or whatever it is you want to. Father, in Jesus' name, here mortal men receive. There he that lives forever receives. Into your hands, O Holy One, your nail-pierced hands. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for the gifts. Thank you for the giving. Thank you for the giver. We receive your benefits. Those who still want to give but are not able, we pray for them also. Let them receive your supply. The God who gives seed to the sower, bread to the eater. Multiply the seed sown. Increase, overflow. Fruits of righteousness. Angels work with us. The earth yield for us. We receive your benefits today. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much team. Thank you for praise and worship and camera work, editing work. All the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. We're so grateful. You are blessed. Thank you.